Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. Anti-fragility is a term we're hearing more and more. It's a powerful concept introduced by author Nassim Nicholas Taleb in his book, Anti-Fragile, Things That Gain From Disorder. And essentially, anti-fragility means getting stronger in the face of stressors. And it's really important to distinguish anti-fragility from resilience, robustness, and grit. Anti-fragility is beyond resilience or robustness. The resilient maintains, the anti-fragile gets better, thrives even. So think about this. What do we mean when we say something's fragile? You might answer that it's easily damaged or broken. A glass is fragile, right? But a glass doesn't just break. If you leave it alone, it doesn't break. It breaks when it comes under some form of pressure or stress. And that pressure, stress, volatility is what makes it break. So fragile breaks under pressure. So then if I were to ask what's the opposite of fragile, often people say resilient or robust, but you have to look at the definitions of resiliency and robustness. Resilient can be defined as the ability to return to normal promptly over an acceptable period of time post-disruption or crisis or stress. And that is different from robustness, which is the ability to maintain during a crisis or under stress. But see, the opposite of a negative is positive, not neutral, robust, resilient. These concepts are grounded in absorbing and maintaining or getting past. They're grounded in neutrality under stress. But fragile is breaking under pressure. So the opposite of this is not absorbing the pressure. It's not neutral. It's positive. If fragile is breaking under pressure and stress, the anti-fragile is getting stronger under stress, perhaps even as a result of that pressure and stress. Taleb articulates this perfectly with his analogy in the prologue where he says, quote, wind extinguishes a candle and energizes fire end quote. That's really powerful if you think about it and true. Likewise, with randomness, uncertainty, chaos, stress, we need to use them. We want to be the fire and wish for the wind. Taleb is talking systems theory and how things evolve when he talks about anti-fragility. But the concept of anti-fragility is the concept that has benefits from a business and leadership perspective. And I will argue it has very positive and pragmatic relevance to our discussions of our mindset as it relates to combating gender inequity. Transcending and thriving despite the host of inequities, biases, and barriers that create an unlevel playing field for talented, highly qualified women. Can those who have been subjected to so much inequity for so long have the last word in the end? if we adopt an anti-fragility mindset. And again, the author speaks to systems, randomness, uncertainty, stressors. But it's interesting if you think of the implications in terms of how we as leaders transcend inequity, especially as it relates to the additional stressors that are there for women because of the bias patterns that we so often talk about. Does the constant inequity enhance our capacity? I would argue we have more chances to practice 
anti-fragility and to grow and build our anti-fragility superpowers. Consider emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is defined as the subset of social intelligence that involves the ability to monitor one's own and others' feelings and emotions, to discriminate among them, and to use this information to guide one's thinking and actions. So then the mental processes related to emotional intelligence are regulating emotions in the self and others and utilization of emotions in adaptive ways. And we talk a lot about adaptability on this podcast. We talked about the importance of adaptability and transcending biases and barriers in last week's episode with Dr. Catalfamo. Adaptability is a key component of the tightrope bias, which is a bias we talk about often because, again, research has shown that women are evaluated more critically for stereotypically feminine behavior behaviors, but also when they try to adopt what are stereotypically considered less feminine behaviors or more masculine behaviors. These stereotypes create a double bind that female, but not male, leaders have to navigate to be successful in terms of both how much emotion should be displayed, what types of emotions, how to respond to emotions, how other people's emotions impact the way they receive what we're saying or doing. I've talked about Williams and Dempsey's 2014 study of high-performing women, and tightrope bias was reported by three-fourths of the women they interviewed, with women reporting frequently needing to balance the tightrope between behaviors seen as either too feminine or too masculine. And I've talked in a previous episode about the emotional labor women feel in terms of managing our emotions and behaviors, managing the emotions of others. So we know that women are consistently mindful of monitoring and adapting in response to these biases. And although this is unfair and inequitable, there can be tremendous growth to our skill set, our tool belt in being so capable because we are so practiced. When we are held to this higher standard consistently, these higher expectations, it can be argued that we learn to deliver at a higher level because we have to. And although the research on differences in overall emotional intelligence varies, because it's complicated, right? It encompasses 26 abilities and therefore is influenced by many factors. But one factor shown over and over in the literature affecting emotional intelligence is gender. And this effect is likely due to a host of social factors. But overall, females have been found to have greater emotional intelligence than males. And there is strong evidence to suggest that women are more self-aware. Whereas men tend to have higher self-regard, women have higher self-reflection and self-awareness. Although emotional intelligence can vary in terms of overall effects, women score higher than men in many countries. And certainly in the United States, emotional intelligence testing and research suggests that females possess higher emotional and interpersonal skills than males. And this self-awareness, this ability to identify not only our strengths, but importantly, our limitations and our impact on others is a highly valuable skill. Dr. Holly Catalfamo talked about in last week's episode, transcending the invisible rules that often hold talented, highly qualified women back. And in discussing the qualities that were present in the women they researched who had successfully transcended barriers and reached the highest echelons, a commonality that emerged was adaptability. And this adaptability resulted from the emotionally intelligent skills of reflection and behavioral modification. Women have developed this habit of reflect and adapt in part out of 
inequity, and necessity to navigate the complex biases and barriers to advance, which is an unfair disadvantage, but can be a powerful habit and ultimately a super skill to hone and add to our toolbox. We hone our emotional intelligence skills because we have to. We understand that if we aren't empathetic, we might offend. If we aren't careful with how we say things, we might affront the existing power, which may have disproportionately severe and lasting professional capital consequences. Because as we have discussed, and as the research overwhelmingly shows, women's interactions land differently. They're received differently, more critically. And mistakes or perceptions of mistakes, or quote unquote, getting it wrong, are more likely to be noticed, remembered, and result in professional consequences. So we have to hone our empathy to read the room and adjust our communication skills accordingly. Plentiful research suggests women have stronger communication skills than their male counterparts in the workplace. Of course we do. We have to. We just can't afford to get it wrong. And then there's also the prescriptive bias relative to how women, quote unquote, should behave or should be. That men are competitive, independent, assertive, while women must be seen as cooperative, warm, and nurturing. Think about the emotional labor, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, of managing and regulating not only our feelings, but the feelings of others, and then understanding the consequences of that, right? So if we exhibit those male behaviors, competition, independence, assertiveness, those may not land well. And we get that backlash. But when we behave in ways that are expected, cooperative, warm, and nurturing, we aren't seen as having leadership potential. So the expectations are complex and we're held to a very different and high standards with backlash and professional capital consequences if we get it wrong, as authors Kramer and Harris explained in their 2020 book, Breaking Through Bias, Communication Techniques for Women to Succeed at Work. And it's interesting that there's these books on how women need to communicate more effectively to succeed at work in lieu of data that shows we're actually stronger at communication in general. It really speaks to the inequity and the double bind barrier of the group that's already better being constantly coached and taught how to be even better. And in the book, Breaking Through Bias, the authors explain that it is the stereotypes about women, men, work, leadership, and family that can hold women back. And they present an integrated set of communication techniques that women can use to avoid the discriminatory consequences of these stereotypes. And again, it's not fair. As I always say, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. But here's the secret. This honing of our emotional intelligence and communications, understanding and managing emotions in ways that help reduce stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges, diffuse conflict. These are valuable leadership skills, valuable human skills. Now, I realize too often women are told they need to change who they are to succeed in their chosen careers, too often told to act more like men or just to change in some way. And that is not what this is about. This is about eyes wide open. I often talk about how we as women are not broken. We don't need to be fixed or changed. However, we do unfortunately, unfairly need to be attuned to the negative gender stereotypes that surround us. And so it becomes almost a superpower when we get really good at anticipating the biases these stereotypes foster. 
and then manage the situation, responding in ways that serve us, building skills, getting better, stronger, more savvy in the face of these stressors and biases. That is anti-fragility. Going back to Taleb's earlier quote that the wind extinguishes a candle and energizes fire, this anti-fragility mindset is about harnessing the wind and being the fire that is energized. So the resulting super skills that we hone are big picture things like highly developed communication and people skills, but also smaller everyday things like preparedness. As we've talked about in previous episodes, as it relates to managing bad behavior, we know from the research we'll be interrupted more, mansplained to, have our ideas appropriated or heat-heated. So as we talked about in previous episodes on managing malbehavior, we become more prepared more emotionally intelligent, to respond or not respond, depending on what the situation calls for, in ways that allow us to dictate the terms, to have more control of the narrative and the overall situation and the perceptions that might result from these difficult interactions. Constantly having to balance that tightrope bias of being seen as a leader, but also likable, being assertive without being seen as aggressive, is exhausting to be sure and unfair, but it does make us better. We take the time to listen, reflect, and modify in ways that our male counterparts have to do far less. And so it can become our super skill. But only if we have the mindset to see the opportunity beyond the inequity. Even things like research that shows that men can get the job with fewer of the qualifications when women need all the qualifications. Sure, that's unfair. But in overcoming skill set deficits, guess what? you've built more skills. That evolution is about moving beyond resilience to anti-fragility. And now you are the one who actually can do more of the things. You're better. Getting better in the face of that inequity, that's anti-fragility. So in one of the first episodes of the Advancing Women podcast, I introduced my executive coaching model, the four P's advancement model. And this whole episode on anti-fragility is really the final stage of the advancement model, which is proficiency. It's about manifesting powerful super skills like grit and anti-fragility. Grit is about courage and resolve, and it is strengthened only and always through adversity in the overcoming or transcending. Likewise, anti-fragility is about benefiting from the stress and volatility. And I'll post the full 4P's advancement model on my Instagram, and you can find it and additional resources on my website. But essentially, the 4P's in the model are problem pattern recognition, process, and proficiency. And problem is about identifying the real problem and understanding how the problem is situated within the larger social, organizational, and cultural constructs, right? And then we move to pattern recognition, identifying those patterns, the antecedents, barriers, fallacies, biases, stereotypes that hinder our advancement. And then we have to have process, right? Disrupting the patterns, And that's your mindset, your skill set, and tool set, which brings us to proficiency. And that's really what this is. It's manifesting super skills like resilience, robustness, grit, and anti-fragility. One of my favorite quotes is from James Clear's 2018 book, Atomic Habits. And the quote is, you do not rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the level of your systems. And anti-fragility is about systems, but it relates to us creating systems that allow us to transcend and thrive, right? And the model is useful because it's important to identify the problems, the real problems in their full complexity, 
And this is about really looking at those patterns that just are not serving us, not just accepting the negative patterns that hold us back, but considering the patterns with eyes wide open so we can disrupt the patterns relative to our mindset, our skill set, and ultimately our professional tool set to transcend, which leads to manifesting super skills that result from the negative patterns. This is where mindset is so crucial. It's not incumbent upon us to fix the inequities. Certainly, we need structural, societal, and organizational change to create a more gender-equitable landscape. But we can use this advancement model as a way to interrupt bias patterns in ways that help serve our efforts to advance and help us succeed in achieving our advancement goals. Because of biases and barriers, we are put under more stress. And that's unfair, right? But it does result in the opportunity to build extra capacity. If we shift our mindset and build upon our skill set in ways that make us better, we become anti-fragile. And it's important to reiterate, anti-fragility mindset is not about accepting inequity. This is not suck it up buttercup pragmatism to a fault. Certainly, we must continue to call out injustice and inequity. We cannot be what Taleb refers to in his book as the fragilista. The fragilista, says Taleb, defaults to thinking that what they don't see is not there. Taleb defines fragilistas as naive rationalists. So again, anti-fragility is not about acceptance. It's about seeing what's there and trying to help it serve us. Calling inequity, bias, and unfair barriers out, challenging these distasteful social constructs that hold us back is important, crucial. But pragmatically, these inequities remain. It's there And anti-fragility is about exploiting these inequities in ways that favor our growth, that benefit our advancement. So there are a few key takeaways we should be mindful of in terms of what it means to be anti-fragile. Fragile items break under stress and volatility. Anti-fragile items get better from it. We have stress and volatility. We can become better from it. Anti-fragile systems work because they build extra capacity when put under stress. And the research shows that we are building that extra capacity in terms of our emotional intelligence, our strong communication skills, our empathy, our ability to resolve conflict. These are all very useful tools. So anti-fragility is about mindset, but it's also skill set and tool set. It's about proficiency mastery. This is about having the last word in an inequitable situation because it doesn't break us, the inequity. We can become stronger, better, more proficient, not despite, but in some ways because of the inequities. And that's a mindset shift that can serve us. Thinking about our anti-fragility as a superpower, that we are truly warriors, superheroes even. I'm a big Marvel fan. And one of my favorite Marvel films is Black Panther. And when I think about anti-fragility, I think about the vibranium suit that Shuri designs that is anti-fragile. And it's no surprise that it was designed by a woman because it goes beyond resilience. It more than repels shock. It absorbs the power and becomes stronger. That's anti-fragility. Encountering stress and ending up stronger So we have to keep fighting the fight for a more fair and equitable advancement landscape. Of course we do, but we can simultaneously manifest our super skills, resiliency, grit, anti-fragility in ways that serve us. And so my manifest statement this week builds on Taleb's book. 
It's at the very core of the concept of anti-fragility. Taleb notes, quote, anti-fragility is beyond resilience or robustness. The resilient resists shocks and stays the same. The anti-fragile gets better. Warrior women wanting to advance, we must aim for anti-fragility and intentionally manifest our anti-fragility in ways that serve us. Unfortunately, inequity and volatility and stress for women remains well entrenched. So we benefit from finding ways to grow, transcend, and thrive, not despite of, but in part because of these challenges that help make anti-fragility our superpower as warrior women. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at Advancing Women Podcast. I love getting your feedback and ideas on topics, so please email me at drdsimone at advancingwomenpodcast.com with your ideas and feedback. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast, and a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Women podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.